Okay, welcome to Letter to Philippi Live. This is our daily class, our time looking at our daily study looking at Paul's letter to Philippi. And for those of you who have been with us previously, we are now going into our uh, beginning again looking at Paul's letter to Philippi, starting with verse one. We completed the uh, chapter four last week. So now we are restarting our study in Philippians, you know, giving new people opportunity to to learn about this. And also for those of you who, who heard our, our previous classes to get some more more learning in on, on the letter, Paul's letter to Philippi. So we can begin today with a word of prayer and then we will go on to uh, our study. But Lord, you are good. We thank you. We bless your holy name. We thank you for this time to study the words of your holy servant, Paul. We thank you for the Messiah who is our life and whose name we pray. Amen. So today we'll be looking at Philippians chapter two, 1, Philippians chapter 1, verses 2 through 5, as Paul gives his greetings to the people in Philippi. And verse 2 reads, Grace to you and shalom from God our Father and the Lord Yeshua the Messiah. Grace to you and shalom is this greeting that Paul gives the people of Philippi. The standard greeting for Greek letters would have been the Greek word chirene, which means greetings. In this letter, Paul changes the word to charis, which means grace. When Paul opens this letter, he opens with the word of grace over over mere greetings. Rather than just giving greetings to them, he's imparting them grace, a gift from God to them. He immediately presents a core teaching of the Messianic faith. Paul adds erene, the Greek word used for the Hebrew shalom, meaning peace, as it was translated into the Septuagint. Paul draws in both the meaning of shalom and the Tanakh, pointing to spiritual completeness and wholeness along with with the word grace, the grace and peace, grace and shalom to them from God the Father and Lord the Messiah, the Shua. By using these two greetings together, Paul, Paul could be sending the Philippians both a common Greek and a common Jewish greeting. Begin his letter to this community of Gentile and Jewish Yeshua followers. Then he, he says his greeting, this grace and peace comes from God our Father and the Lord Yeshua the Messiah. Paul completes the greeting, making clear to the Philippians that grace and shalom come from God the Father and the Lord Yeshua the Messiah. In Loanita, which is a, uh, a set of, of commentaries on, on the, the Bible, specifically designed for translators of, of the Bible into other languages wrote this about, about this passage and how to look at this verse and how to help translate it into other languages. When they wrote, the ultimate source of grace and peace is obviously God, whom Yeshua revealed as Abba Father. But to the extent that such blessing is made possible only through Yeshua, who has confessed as Messiah, Christ the anointed king, 
Exalted as the Lord by his resurrection, he too is reclaimed as the giver of grace and peace. Some commentators have cautioned about making too much of the possible Christological implication of this phrase and open this letter. Christological being, being an understanding of Yeshua's place in and among the one God of Israel, the Yeshua, the divine nature of Yeshua, the, the, this passage, there's, there's, there are those who see this as clearly looking to Yeshua's divine nature, that he was the divine son who came into the world and was one with the God of Israel. And there are those who, who say that that it would be too it could be too much to say that Paul is making a theological point here. But as we will see when we look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 through 11, which is known as the Messianic hymn, or the hymn to Christ, we will clearly see that Paul acknowledges the divine nature of Yeshua as eternal unity with God the Father. And also we will see, see in Paul's writings the union of the Spirit of God, the Ruach Hodesh, with the one God of Israel. Also, no, no problem in greeting the Philippians with the word that united Yeshua with the one God of Israel, here designated as the Father. It is a divine Son working in the world with the Father to fulfill the divine plan and bring grace and peace that Paul has in mind here, committing this knowledge to the Philippians. Beyond making an important theological point about the lordship and divine nature of Yeshua, Paul begins his letter with a significant and dangerous political declaration that Yeshua is Lord, which is in contrast to the expected acknowledgement of Caesar as Lord. As we'll see throughout this, this book, throughout this letter, that in the acknowledgement of Yeshua as Lord, Yeshua as Savior, Yeshua as King, it is excluding the Roman, the Roman Caesar, which at this time would have been Nero, from his expected place is being the one that was referred as Lord and King. So along with making a definite spiritual statement, a definite theological assertion, Yeshua is Lord. They also in Philippi and in the Roman world at that time was also making a dangerous political statement saying Yeshua is Lord. And by saying Yeshua is Lord, they're acknowledging that Nero is not Lord. Yeshua is Lord and Savior. Nero is not Lord and Savior. So along, as I said, we're making, making a, a statement of faith. They're also making a statement of political rejection of the Roman, of the Roman Caesar as the Lord, as the one, the one to be worshipped, the deified emperor as Lord. In verse 3, Paul continues, with the verse, I thank my God every time I think of you. In his letters to Galatia and the Corinthians, Paul wrote using harsh terms. He wanted to correct false teaching and sinful activities that plague these Messianic communities. You'll see right from the, from the start in his letter to Galatia, the letter to Galatia and, and the letters to Corinthians, that he was writing his letters specifically to confront them over false teachings, which in Galatia was the false teaching that Gentile Yeshua believers 
needed to convert to Judaism before becoming Yeshua followers. And in, in Corinth, there was issues of sexual sin among among the, those who were in the community that was being ignored by the leadership of the community. So if Paul begins those letters in harsh terms and confronting them with, with the wrong that needed to be dealt with immediately. But in the letter to the Philippians, Paul can warmly start his letter sharing his love and concern for the Philippians and make them aware how thankful to God for them and their love for and their work for him and for the Messiah. Paul here has a deep relationship with the Philippians, a strong bond of love that he has for them and they have for him. And in these, in this opening verse, in verse three here, he shares that every time he thinks of them, he does it with joy. And he thanks God for them each time that he thinks of them, that because of their working for them, their faithfulness to the God of Israel, their faithfulness to the mission of making Messiah known, that Paul can rejoice and thank God every time he thinks of them. Whereas he, he was, he was coming harshly against the false teachings in Galatian and first in, in Corinth. But for this community in Philippi, he had he had only deep love and deep thankfulness to God for them because of their of their faithfulness to God and their faithfulness to the work of the Messiah. Paul has good memories of how the missing community in Philippi showed him love and care, and he focused on these memories whenever he thinks of them. In verse 4, we read, Whenever I pray for all of you, I always pray with joy. Paul uses the Greek word deisesis, usually translated as supplication, to demonstrate his serious prayer for them. As apostle to the Gentiles, Paul is sharing how deeply he loves and seeks to the best for, from God for them. Paul uses the same Greek word deisesis in Romans 10.1, speaking about his heart for the Jewish people, where we read, Brothers, my heart's desire, my prayer to God for Israel is for their salvation. As Paul deeply shared his desire and his prayer, his deep prayer to God for the salvation of the Jewish people, for the salvation of Israel, he also shared deep prayers of love for the people of, of Philippi, that when, he, that when he prayed for them, it was deep prayers built on their love and faithfulness for him. And using all of you in his prayers to the Philippians, Paul shows how important all the believers were and, their, and how they needed to understand that their unity of Messiah was vital to their growth and health of their community. That Paul is making clear that he's praying for all the people of, of, of Philippi, all of the Philippians, to understand that that he has a deep love for them and for them to be together in community is so vitally important that the unity of them in the community. So as he calls all of them to, to understand that he's praying for them, he's calling for them to understand the importance of the unity in the Philippian community, that the body of Messiah in Philippi would continue to grow if they stayed united in one, united in their faith in the Messiah united as a community, living for Messiah, 
amongst the pagan Roman world. Verse 5 reads, Because you have shared in proclaiming the good news from the very first day until now. When Paul first visited Philippi on his second missionary journey, which we see in Acts 16, where he visited Philippi for the first time, he shared the message of the good news of the Messiah to Lydia and other women participating in Jewish prayer on Shabbat near the river. In Philippi, when Paul visited the first time, there was not a, an established synagogue. There wasn't an established Jewish community. And from archaeological records, it wasn't until about the fourth or fifth century of the, of the common era, over 400 years after Paul had been there, that there was a, an established synagogue wasn't actually in Philippi for another three or 400 years. But there was a group of women who were praying at the riverside on Shabbat, and Paul and Timothy went there, and they met Lydia, who became the first believer in Yeshua in Philippi. And from there, the, the Messianic community built up from her household and spread throughout the, the city of Philippi. Paul shared the good news of the Messiah to Lydia and other women participating in Jewish prayer near the river. Lydia became a believer in Yeshua as Messiah and became the first believer in Philippi. She then shared the message with her whole household who became followers of the Messiah. Lydia and her family's early and enthusiastic response to the good news of Yeshua set an example for the continued growth of the Philippian community and their supportive efforts to spread the good news. Lydia heard the message about Yeshua. She became a believer in Yeshua. She then brought the message of Yeshua and her whole family came to believe in Yeshua. And from there was the basis, the building, the basic building block of the Philippian Messian community from Lydia to her family. It spread throughout the city of Philippi. From Lydia, the first believer in Philippi, the work of bringing the good news to Philippi and beyond became a priority for the Philippian Messian community. Their work of spreading the good news involved active and ongoing participation in the work of Paul, which continued from his first visit to, how, to many years later. By their example, they showed their commitment to Yeshua and followed the example of Paul, extending the work of his ministry, even while he was in Roman chains. The people of Philippi so connected with what Paul was teaching that they continued his work, even though Paul was no longer with them. They continued the work of making Messiah known in their community. They continued the work of Paul, even though Paul was in chains in Rome. The close relationship between Paul and the Philippians demonstrated in their op this opening greetings, also show in their actions of sharing the good news about Yeshua. The love that Paul has for the Philippians, that the Philippians have for Paul, comes with their love for Yeshua, leading them to their shared ground in the good news, which they believe and proclaim. Let me read that again. The close relationship between Paul and the Philippians demonstrated in the opening greetings is also shown in, the, in their actions, the Philippians' actions, of sharing the good news about Yeshua. The love that Paul has for the Philippians 
and that the Philippians have for Paul come from their love for Yeshua, leading them to, to shared mission grounded in the good news in which they believe and proclaim. So this deep love that Paul has for the Philippians and the deep love the Philippians have for Paul is grounded in their love for God, their love for Yeshua, and their dedication to the work of making Yeshua known. So their bond is, is deeply rooted in their faith, trust in Yeshua, and their relationship with the God of Israel. And their, their love for one another is manifested in this, in that they showed their, their shared love for one another through their actions. And they and this is this is the basis for we will see throughout the letter the deep love that Paul has for the Philippians, and the deep love the Philippians have for Paul is grounded in their shared mission of making Messiah known and living as examples of Messiah within the darkness of the Roman world of that time. So that will conclude our, our time today. We look today at Philippians chapter 1, verses 2 through 5, and Paul's continuing his greetings to the Philippians, sharing his deep love for them, sharing that he, whenever he thinks about them, he thanks God, and he deeply prayed for them in, in supplication that he would bring a deep calling to God for the people of Philippi. And the people of, of Philippi showed their deep love for Paul as they were sharing in his work by both supporting him financially, supporting him by, by sending those to serve with him, but also the, to continuing to make Messiah known in Philippi throughout Macedonia, even though Paul himself was in prison and was unable to, to uh, go, out, go out beyond, beyond his prison conditions, that they were continuing his work, even though he was at this point under house arrest and was, and was, and was limited to his, his ability to leave the, the uh, confines of his imprisonment. So as we'll, as we'll see, this, as we continue going through the letter here, as we continue looking at Paul's letter to Philippi, we'll continue seeing, seeing Paul sharing about his love for the Philippians their unity based on their commitment to the Messiah, the unity in that they're working together for the same goal of making Messiah known, and the love they have based on working together and their desire to be more and more and more in Messiah, which Paul calls them to, and by example, calls us to, to each day to become more and more in the Messiah. So thank you for watching today. This was the Letter to Philippi live broadcast coming to you Monday through Friday at 12 p.m. Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time, 10 p.m. Jerusalem time. And tomorrow we'll be looking at Philippians 1 verses 6 through 11 as we continue Paul's opening words to, to the people of Philippi. And uh, if you want information on, on Letter to Philippi, you can go to letterphilippi.org. Letter Philippi is a new Messianic Jewish theological organization that uh, that I'm the founder of and the teacher for this our first initiative here, the the Letter to Philippi live broadcast. And you can find out more about Letter to Philippi and our work at 
lettertophilippi.org. You can find uh, recordings of our previous previous Letter to Philippi broadcasts. And they're also available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast distributors. Just search for Letter to Philippi and subscribe. You can also uh, purchase my commentary on Philippians on, on the website. Just go to our resources page. You can leave a prayer request. I want to be praying for you. You make a contribution to this work on our giving page. And you can find out more about other initiatives as we make them available at lettertophilippi.org. And uh, thank you for watching. We'll have a closing word of prayer, and we'll go on with our day. Lord, we're good. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this time to look into your word. We thank you, Lord, that we have this these words from our holy servant, Paul. Help us, Lord, to become more and more like Messiah each day. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the Messiah who is our life, in whose name we pray. Amen. So thank you for watching. It was it was good having you with us. And we will be continuing looking at Paul's letter to Philippi tomorrow at uh, 12 p.m. Pacific time. We'll be looking at Philippians chapter 1, verses 6 through 11, as Paul basically includes his opening words, his opening greetings to the people of Philippi. So thank you for watching, and uh, see you tomorrow. Shalom for now.